everybody, and welcome to Coach's Corner. So last week, I said that I wasn't going to do another live group coaching night until after the wedding. However, I've changed my mind. (laughs) I've been getting so many questions lately leading up to our wedding about how did I call in this relationship? What advice do I have for people that are single and lonely? What advice do I have for people that are having conflict in the relationship? How do I have more conscious relationship? How do I have better sex in my relationship? The questions have just all been about love and relationship lately. So... I decided I'm hosting, actually co-hosting another live group coaching on August 29th. That's this coming up Thursday and it's going to be on love and relationships. And I'm going to be joined by my soon to be husband, Stefano Safandos. Go to christinehasler.com slash group. It is only $20. And if you can't join us, it'll be 5 PM Thursday, the 29th. If you can't join us live, you'll be sent the recording. So it'll be just as juicy. If you can join us live, then you have the opportunity to raise your virtual hand and give live coaching from Stephanos and I. Um, We are on video, but you're just on audio. So feel free to join us in your PJs. You don't have to be seen. Don't even have to use your real name if you don't want to, but most people do. I love our group coaching nights. It's an incredible community. You'll get so much just love and support and you'll feel the energy of the group. It's a really amazing group of people that come together. So christinehasler.com slash group. Also at the end of our honeymoon, Stephanos and I are teaching a one-day workshop called Love Amplified in London. You're going to want to go to christinehasler.com slash London-2019. If that URL is too much for you to remember, just go to my webpage, click on events, and you'll find it there. That's going to fill up fast. We're not in London very often, and we're going to be teaching all about love, self-love, love of relationship, and love of higher purpose and uh, power. So, go to christinehasler.com slash London-2019 to sign up. We can't wait to see you in London and celebrate the end of our honeymoon with you. Any questions about either one of those things, you can email jill at christinehasler.com, but you should be able to find all the information on the sites. So I'm very excited about today's podcast because we're talking about weight release. And I know that Weight is something that a lot of you are struggling with, have struggled with. It seems like most women I talk to have anywhere from five to a hundred pounds that they want to lose. And it just seems like no matter what you do, you can't get the weight off or keep it off. I know a lot of you, because you're so savvy at personal development, know that weight has a lot to do with unresolved issues are past. Weight serves as an armor a lot of times, especially if we've had trauma or abuse those of you who had chaotic upbringings or even just critical upbringings or didn't feel loved often turn to food for soothing, for comfort, for celebration. You know, you're emotional eaters. You have a lot of awareness, but you just can't seem to get the weight off. I think our guest today, Elizabeth Benton, is really going to be of service to you because in her story, and you'll find her story remarkable. I really encourage you to listen to all of it. She shares the most significant shift she made that really turned things around for her. And it's simple yet really, really powerful. So let me tell you a little bit more about Elizabeth. She was depressed, deeply in debt and obese. As a nutrition expert and educator who binged on junk food every time she put gas in her car, she felt like a fraud and a failure. 
Desperate to start truly living her life, she decided to believe in her potential rather than her past. She lost 150 pounds, paid off $130,000 of debt, and remains debt-free as a successful entrepreneur. Today, Elizabeth is the owner of Primal Potential. Through her platform of podcasts, coaching, and live events, she has fueled her deepest struggles into a burning passion to help people create transformations and live more fulfilled lives. Before we dive in, I want to thank Third Love for sponsoring this episode. Third Love uses data points generated by millions of women who have taken their Fit Finder quiz to design bras with breast size and shape in mind for a perfect fit and premium feel. Third Love offers more than 70 sizes, including their signature half cup sizes. I happen to be a half cup myself. And you can skip the trip. Who likes going into those awful dressing room and trying on a bra? First of all, it's just a pain and then you know what to take off all your clothes. You don't have to do that. Find your fit with Third Love's online fit finder, order and try on at home. No more awkward fitting room experiences. Third Love helps you identify your breast size and shape and find the styles that fit your body. Every customer has 60 days to wear it, wash it, and put it to the test. If you don't love it, return it and Third Love will wash it and donate it to a woman in need. And Fit Stylists are available every day to help via text, chat, or phone. Returns and exchanges are free and easy. It's hands down the most comfortable bra that you'll own. Straps that won't slip, tagless labels, no itching. Their lightweight, super memory foam cups to mold to your shape are proprietary to Third Love. Third Love knows that there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now they're offering my listeners 15% off your order. Go to thirdlove.com slash over it to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. Again, thirdlove.com slash over it. And now to my chat with Elizabeth Benton from Primal Potential. Uh, Elizabeth, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited. Well, I'm excited to have you on because I'm always looking for people who have undergone a massive transformation and figured out like a system for how to do it. Because I think that there's so much information out there. It can be incredibly overwhelming. So I try to bring on the people who have done it in really holistic ways. And by that, I mean, have looked at it emotionally, mentally, behaviorally, and spiritually. Didn't just do the quick fix thing. And you're the perfect person to talk to because you, for many years, struggled with your weight and your health and physical appearance in general, and completely transformed it, not just by releasing the weight, but by releasing a lot of the stories and emotions and thoughts that put the weight there in the first place. So I'm so excited for you to, to share a little bit of your story with people so they can really hear from start to finish, how someone goes through this process in a really holistic way. So can you share your story? Absolutely. And I always sort of start to giggle like I just did whenever anybody asks me to do that, because I have to start when my mom was pregnant with me, which makes it sound like it's going to be a long like, story. But yeah, <laughs> Everybody grab a snack, maybe press pause and pee. It's going to be That's a long right. one. <laughs> um, my mom is very slight, tall, thin, you know, five, nine, 135 pounds. But when she was pregnant with me, she became really ill and nine months pregnant. She was closer to 100 pounds starting at 135. So she lost weight throughout her pregnancy. And, you know, this was years and years ago and the doctors didn't really have much to offer her and they didn't really have high hopes for me. 
we understand what happened a lot better. Now, my metabolism in utero slowed down to a halt. Hmm. It was, there is no fuel, take what you can get and hang on to it. So during her pregnancy, my mom lost her hair. She lost some of her teeth. She was just really, really sick because I basically leached the nutrients from her body because that was what was available. Hmm. I am sure that that would have normalized over time because our bodies are so brilliant after you know being born and being fed normally and all of that. But that's not what happened with me. And in large part, because my mom felt like my weight, I was born really heavy and I got heavier, you know, first year, second year, third year, I was a big, big overweight baby. My mom felt like my overweight status was a reflection on her as a parent. Mm. And my older sister was, was healthy. She was healthy weight. She was really active. She had a healthy appetite. I was always hungry, insatiable, even as an infant and continuing on as a toddler and a young kid. And I just kept getting heavier and heavier and heavier. And she was partially concerned for my health as most parents would be right. You have an overweight child and you worry for their health, but she was also worried about how it would reflect on her. And we've, we've come a long way with this, but that made things really tough. Sure. She very, very closely restricted and monitored what I was eating from a very young age. Uh, the family would eat one thing, I would eat another. Snacks mm. were off limits for me. Exercise was very rigidly enforced. And what started as a physical issue really became a mental and emotional issue at a young age, where on the one hand, I was ashamed of my weight. And on the other hand, I wanted to eat everything that wasn't nailed down because mm -hmm. it was off limits. Mm -hmm. And if I could get my hands on hostess cupcakes and Cheez-Its when nobody was looking at school, you know, or at summer camp, I would eat it with abandon mm. because I knew that when mom was looking again, we were going to be back to tuna fish and celery. Mm. So... I was obsessed with this idea of weight loss because I just wanted to fit in. And then you compound, you know, the kids picked on me and I was the biggest kid and she she made me run cross country because she thought it would be good exercise, but I came in last every race so much Aww. so they usually they, they usually thought I got lost. I was so far behind. So they'd have to send people out to look for me. And I was just slowly trudging through the woods. Oh, <laughs> it, was, it was bad. And my sister, of course, to make matters worse was the best runner and came in first and won all these awards and whatever. So it was tough. And there was this extreme dichotomy between I hate my body. I don't fit in. I'm not good enough. And quick, nobody's looking, eat everything. And that got worse as I got older because the pressure and the shame and the putting me in Weight Watchers at eight and all of that kind of stuff just really built up this, these extremes in my mm. life. And so much so I was initially in college on a scholarship for Latin and Greek, and I wanted to go to law school, but I walked away from that scholarship to study nutrition. Cause I thought I can just figure this out. Then I can just, my life will be fine. Everything will be fine. Everything will be better if I can just lose this weight. And then 
Yeah. How many happy. pause there? Like how many people <laughs> can relate to that one? Everything right? would be better if I could just lose this weight. If I could just change everything. my body in some way, then everything will, I get the job, I'll get the partner, I'll feel more confident. Yeah. I think we've yeah. all got into that one at some point. And when I graduated from college, I was probably about 350 pounds. I'm five, five. Mm. And somehow I got a job with a hospital system in North Carolina, where I lived at the time, as an anti-obesity educator. Hmm. So my job was to go into school systems and local businesses and educate the community and children about healthy weight and healthy habits as a 350-pound woman wearing a size 24, 26. So then there was shame even more so, and it was just... It was a nightmare. And eventually I switched jobs. They didn't fire me, but I left. And at my next job, I was uh, in product development for a supplement company. I was really good at that job. And I got married and I decided that my former husband and I am not married anymore. We were going to get out of debt. We had a lot of like student loan debt and all this other stuff. So meanwhile, I'm doing so well at work. I'm getting promoted every few months. And we paid off $130,000 in debt in less than two years. And I remember driving home from work one day, still really overweight, really unhappy, seeming to have everything. I had a great job. We had just bought a house. I was newly married. We got a dog, yada, yada. I was miserable, hated my life, hated everything about it. And I was driving home thinking, how in the world am I so motivated in all these other areas of my life that don't matter near as much to me as this weight thing. Mm -hmm. And yet this thing that is the thing that matters most, I can't employ the same discipline and willpower and stick to itness that I do with my job or how is that possible? And I remembered, I realized in that moment, I just could see for the first time maybe that with regards to my job, I believed I was good at it. Uh-huh. I, I thought, I knew. It wasn't even a thought. I was the first one into work. I was the last one to leave. I always volunteered to take on new things. I asked questions when I didn't understand. I worked harder than yeah, most people. You didn't have a story or trauma that made you think yeah. differently about that particular and with aspect. My weight, yeah. yeah, with my weight, my results reflected my belief. I'm just the fat girl. I'm an emotional eater. And if I thought that I sucked at my job and I would never make it and nobody really trusts me because I don't know anything about this anyway, I wouldn't have been great at it. So true. And for the first time, for the first time in my whole life, I realized that this whole weight food thing wasn't just about weight and food, that a very, very big piece of it was what I believed about weight and food. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that was really a massive turning point in my life. Cause that wasn't just true of weight and food. It was also true of relationships. It was true of everything. So when you had that realization, cause it's one thing to have the aha, right? Mm -hmm. It's another thing to actually turn it into action that, that then doesn't turn into obsession with wanting it to be different. So mm -hmm. when you had that awareness, what, how did that shift things for you in terms of action? The very first shift that I made 
because I recognized I had so many years of failed patterns and practicing those same things that didn't work. And it was always this extreme thing. I would plan out how I was going to restrict and for how long and all of that. I knew just Monday morning quarterbacking myself, those kinds of strategies didn't work. Mm -hmm. So I kind of got to a point where I was just tired of myself and tired of this process and tired of this struggle. I'm not doing this thing that I know doesn't work. I don't know why it took me so long, but the big grand plan, massive overhaul thing. Like I'm going to go, I'm going to quit gluten, dairy, corn, soy, and Mm -hmm. (laughs) work out every day. And yeah, overnight, that doesn't really go well. That's why New Year's resolutions fail too. It's because, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like if you have the same approach for, you know, meeting a new person and it's never, ever, ever worked and it's always backfired and caused like a problem in your life. Yeah. Well, maybe we stop taking that approach. Yeah. So that was sort of my first. It wasn't even from clarity. It was from frustration. I'm not repeating this exhausting cycle anymore. Right. So what I was able to commit to is one day. I bet that I can tell myself, I can't tell myself I'm fit and I'm healthy and I'm in control because those things didn't feel true. And I wasn't about to lie to myself, but I could tell myself I have one good choice in me. Mm. So when somebody would bring in Donut World, which I loved, I would say, all right, that's cool. I can have that. And I have one good choice in me. So right now, it's just not now. Mm -hmm. And that was truly the first step because I had no confidence in my ability to change. And I had decades of failure and decades of struggle and giving up. So I had to make it really small and I had to make it built on belief, not built on a plan, not built on rules, but built on the belief that I had one good hour in me, that I had one good choice in me, eventually that I had one good day in me. And that was really the foundation I had to build. It was so granular but it was also really different. Did you have someone coaching you or helping you along the way? Or are these just things that you really got to just on your own by paying attention and by being curious? I didn't. And I wish that I would have, but I think that felt too much like things I had tried before. Mm, so you tried the diet and the nutrition coach yeah. and the health coach and all those kinds of things. Yeah. Yeah. And I realized I needed to build belief in myself. Mm -hmm. I don't even know if that was a conscious thing at that point, but I had to start so small. I I didn't want to feel pressure from somebody else being like, okay, by next week, we need you to have. It was literally, I've got a good hour. I have one more good choice in me. Well, I think that's the distinction too between, you know, when we follow, like, let's say I download some diet plan in a way I'm giving my power away because Mm -hmm. I'm following someone else's plan versus believing I can do it. It's kind of, you know, as you were talking to me on your podcast about my journey with, with health Mm -hmm. and giving my power away too much to too many doctors and healers. Again, love doctors and healers. There are great ones out there. And for me, the biggest change came where I was like, you know what? I can heal myself. I can do this and I'm not going to consult. Sure, I'll maybe, you know, get some ideas and get best practices. But when it comes down to it, the person that's going to do this is me and I've got to believe I can do it. So I understand that, that shift of 
it, it becoming so intrinsic and so empowering that it almost becomes exciting. I tell my clients all the time, you already have everything you need. Mm-hmm. And it's also not going to feel that way, but right. it doesn't make it untrue. And where I think I lost myself was in everybody else's ideas and plans. And I talk a lot about distraction, deferral, and dependence. And the next shiny thing can just be a distraction or somebody else's opinions can be a distraction. And if it doesn't work, then we defer our personal responsibility to that person because Mm -hmm. it was their plan and it's not us. And that was a roadblock for me. And what I needed And the work that I get so passionate about now is setting you free from this notion that like somebody has something that you need that is the key to you getting where you want to go. Yeah. No, you do. Yeah. So true. So true. So, so paint a picture for us. You had this, I think you said you were 350 pounds or something like that. You have this shift. Take us from then to now. What, what happened over that time? It started with a smaller order at (laughs) (laughs) Chick-fil-A. It really did. I used to go to Chick-fil-A on my way to work every morning and I would get two breakfast entrees and a large Diet Coke. And basically I said, okay, I can have chicken minis or chicken biscuits, but I'm just not going to have both. That's how I can win this morning. That Mm -hmm. was a win for me at first. And I really did build on those small steps. This was not like a, she loses a hundred pounds in six months. No, no. No, <laughs> for sure. No, but I needed, I needed to find myself along the way. I needed to trust myself along the way. I needed to build myself along the way because at that point I was just such a collection of other people's thoughts and rules and tools and blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, so I really made the change gradually. It was not okay. And then I was motivated to eat clean for the rest of my life. The end. Right. Um, I, started really gradually. And then I realized how much better I felt yeah, and how much more empowered I felt and, and how much better it felt to treat my body well than to treat my body poorly. But I really didn't know because I had never done it. Right. You know, people will say that, but the real risk in, in painting the story that way is that there are a lot of us that just don't know yeah. how good we can feel that just don't know the upside of consistency. So it really built momentum as it went, but it started really slow. And after about 50 pounds, I started doing CrossFit and really fell in love with pushing my body and and doing that. And interestingly, at the time I was still working for the supplement company and it became a real conflict of interest because part of the product line that I was responsible for educating on included a weight loss product or series of products. And part of my job was to travel all over the country educating the field about this. And people would say to me, Oh my gosh, you've transformed. Like which products are you taking? Well, the answer was none of them. Mm. And I really felt a loyalty to the company that, that paid my salary and, and my former husband's salary. And so I decided to leave the company and I couldn't start my own thing while being there. So Uh, And I had a six month non-compete and they were considering any kind of blogging or anything like that to be competitive. So it was a quiet and slow six months and a big risk, but I wanted to, to help people 
learn to trust themselves, even when it felt like that might not be possible. Cause I was certainly doubting that it was possible for me. It was all I knew was struggle. Yeah. All I knew was quitting and giving up. Um, so I started primal potential and quickly realized that I didn't like writing, but I loved podcasting. I loved talking. So I started a podcast and, um, it really has taken off from there, but I use now the same exact tools not just with my clients, but continuing with myself. I, I decided to sell everything I owned and build a custom tiny house and, and live in that and totally transform my life and my business. I use the same principles to write a book. And then I use the same principles to buy an orchard that I'm currently <laughs> working on. I love it. <laughs> What's, what do you have in the orchard? Uh, apples, pears, peaches, cherries, yeah. And then we have a separate like vineyard with grapes. Oh my gosh. Amazing. Yeah. We're, we're coming over. We love all those things. <laughs> oh, sure. Come to Cape Cod. It's a beautiful uh, place to visit. Oh, uh, well, actually, Next- according to my astro cartography, which is like astrology for geography, Cape Cod is one of, is like the best place in the world for me to live. Well, you now have a place to come visit anytime. Perfect. Perfect. The only problem is it's not good for Stefano. So it I'm was his, his number one place was Puerto Rico and that was not good for me. So oh. we're, 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 we've got some other places that we'll compromise on. You can vacation on Cape <laughs> So I want to go back and speak to people right now who are struggling and have struggled with weight for their entire life or for decades. And they're just at that point where they've tried so many things. They know, you know, just like you, they know there's an emotional wounding part of it. They know that there's an emotional aspect of it. And they've done as much as they possibly can on that. And they just feel stuck. What what words do you have for them? Something I tell myself very regularly. Maybe I feel stuck in business or I feel stuck in a situation in my home. You're not stuck. You're never stuck. You might have stopped, but that's different. If I am driving along the road and I pull over and I put the car in park and I take the keys out of the ignition, I throw my hands up in the air. This sucks. The car's not moving. I'm not getting anywhere. I just stopped. And I have the power in any moment to put the keys back in the ignition, to put the car in drive and to get going. And oftentimes stuck is just a story we tell ourselves when we're frustrated or when we are fearful, fearful of failing, fearful of effort and of trying and of trusting ourselves and of putting our out on a limb again, like that is not stuck because you are free in this and every moment to show up differently. It doesn't matter if you have a 30-year track record, a 60-year track record, a six-day track record, or a six-hour history. In this moment, you are not bound by that. And -hmm. whether you choose to carry it in your thoughts or you choose to release it from your thoughts, either way, you are still free in this moment to do something to show up as the version of you you want to be. And no matter if you have 200 pounds to lose or you've lost 200 pounds or you've never struggled with your weight or anything in between, if you want to be more social, if you want to be more financially free, if you want to be more motivated, you can show up that way in this moment or in any moment. And there is nothing stopping you from that with or without the story. I love that. I love that. And my people also love tangible 
what can they do type of things? So for somebody that needs some action, what would you suggest? At the very highest level, the simplest things, and I believe that complexity is the enemy of execution and that the more simple our approach can be, the better. At a very high level, what can you do today to make today better than yesterday? Mm. On a more granular level, because for some people, they're like, oh my gosh, there's a million things. Great. Always. There always will be, no matter where you are, pick one of them, do it. Because the action matters more than it being the right action. Mm. But more specifically than that, the process that I still use every single day, and this this sort of is something that kind of morphed over time to where it is now, and I'm sure it'll continue to morph over time. I use what I call an identity journal, and I created it for myself, and then I ended up giving it to my clients. But I ask myself every day, how do I want today to feel? How do I want to feel as I go through this day? And some days it's very much focused on work and I want to be present and I want to be relaxed and I want to be grateful. And some days it's very much focused on my body, especially if maybe it's been a few days of like not taking great care of myself. You know, I want to feel energetic and I want to feel light and I want to feel at ease in my body. Be really clear on how you want to feel today, no matter what realm of your life that falls into. And then what is one thing I can do to make that happen? And what is one thing I cannot do to make that happen? Mm. Because sometimes that not do thing for me is more powerful than the to do thing. Right, right. Maybe the not to do, it can be related to food. It can be related to alcohol. It can be related to complaining or worrying or stressing about that thing that happened yesterday. But I go through that process and it takes me two or three minutes in the morning. It's not something I spend a long time doing, but it gets me clear on who I was yesterday doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. You know, if I was overeating yesterday, if I didn't work out yesterday, if I was grumpy and crabby all day long, I get to choose how I want to show up today. And then the next step is, all right. So, so what can I do to participate in that? It's never going to be perfect. Things are always going to come up that are unexpected and that's all right. Allow for that, accept that before you even get started. But I always tell my clients that awareness is the foundation of change, right? Mm -hmm. It's not the same thing as action, but the clarity on how do I want to feel as I go through this day, either in my mindset or in my body or both, and what's that going to take? Beautiful. It's so true. It's so true because without awareness, there's no action. And if we take action without awareness, we end up going in circles a lot of the time. So, and I love that you're keeping it small and it really is coming back to beliefs. I think the most powerful thing, and you've said a lot of amazing things. My, my favorite thing was that it's the belief, you know, it really is starting with the belief, the belief that you can change is massive. It's just massive. And I think that that's my biggest takeaway from today. And I hope um, a takeaway that everybody is making is if you feel stuck, really, really, really look at, are you stuck because you believe that you can't get unstuck because you believe someone out other than you has the answer because you believe because of whatever happened to you or didn't happen to you, you can't X, Y, Z. And I think we're both encouraging you to challenge that belief because that that belief is at the cornerstone of your healing. So thank you so much, Elizabeth, for being 
a, a living, breathing example of how one's life can change when we change what we believe about ourselves and our life. You're so welcome. That's really where it begins. And it can be a tricky thing. The last thing I'll say about that, because I, I, I would hate for somebody to listen to that and say, but I believe that I am an overeater. I believe that I'm an emotional eater. I believe that I'm a stress eater and I can't change that belief because it's all I have to go on. Right. That's where I would say you don't have to believe in where you'll be a year from now, but believe that you can show up differently today, even in one small way, have that be the new belief, right? Mm -hmm. I can win the evening tonight. I can win this morning. I can practice self-control in one situation today that will build, but it's okay if you do not yet have that belief in the big picture change of the future that you want. That does not mean you're stuck. That does not mean you're hopeless. It just means you need to focus a little bit more micro and trust that it will build over time. Mm. Yep. Couldn't agree more. Where do people go to learn more about you? And especially if they're interested in possibly working with you. My podcast is really the best place to go. It's called Primal Potential. It's on all the places that you can find podcasts. And my website, primalpotential.com, will outline uh, kind of what I'm doing, where I'm at, what's going on, programs, events, that sort of stuff. Amazing. Elizabeth, thank you so much for everything that you're doing in the world. Congratulations again on the baby that you have coming, which was another thing that you didn't think you could do <laughs> until you did. <laughs> That's so true. That is so true. Thank you so much. This yeah. was really a blessing. Yeah. All right, everybody, go check Elizabeth out. Follow her. Go to Primal Potential. Listen to her podcast. You can listen to my episode there. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a great day. <laughs> 